Hey everyone, it is Alex the Guzman from the Ronnie and Sooner Group and welcome to the Living Irvine Real Estate Podcast. Are you visiting Irvine? Are you looking to make a move? Well, regardless of your endeavor, whether it be finding the next best place to eat, location to visit, or navigating Irvine's versatile real estate market, just know I got you covered. So without further ado, let's hop into it and I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Alex the Guzman with the Ronnie and Serena Group, and today I'm going to be doing an episode about pre-approvals and the whole process of what that entails, and I got on a special guest from Accelerate Capital. It's going to be Dat Nguyen, so say hi, say hello, Dat. Hey everyone, it's Dat. How you guys doing? Okay, good, good. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, and so I'm going to go ahead Absolutely. and give a quick yeah overview as far as what mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and talk about today. I know, guys, in my previous episodes, I talked about the V loan, and a little bit when I first started this podcast, I talked a little bit about the pre-approval process and the difference between pre-qualifications oh. and approvals, but I wanted to make sure we get us a sp- we get us a good loan officer on here for you all. So we're going to go over the process and then we're going to go over some, you know, frequently asked questions that typically, you know, people looking to get a mortgage ask a lender and you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And of course, if you guys miss anything, I'll be sure to include his information in the notes for you guys to go ahead and um, listen to. So with that being said, I'm going to pass it over to dad so he can tell you a little bit about himself, why he got into the industry and then just a little bit about his company. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason why I joined this industry, um, you know, it's definitely unique. Um, the way it operates, that you got to make your own hours. I like to think of it as like an online class versus an in-classroom uh, environment, right? We're out in the field. We make sure we do our work and uh, we stay with uh, up to date with all the the regulations and the laws. But uh, with this, you know, I really love uh, the the opportunity to help families uh, realize their dreams of homeownership. You know, nothing, nothing more is nothing, nothing more is better than uh, the instant gratification you get when you help a family get through that process. Okay, awesome, awesome. So, guys, we're gonna go over, um, we're gonna go over a a few steps here, and the steps are gonna we're gonna talk about credit, we're gonna talk about getting pre-approved, choosing the right mortgage, what what to look for in a lender, talk about submitting the application, what underwriting is exactly, how to prepare for the closing process, and how we close on the home. And keep in mind, of course, I know you guys like to think that. Um, the realtor needs to do everything in life, but in actuality, we actually work together as a team with our lenders or our title reps and escrow as a team to get you your home. So we're going to be talking about the loan perspective and how we work with the lenders and what they do really so you guys are can, can just understand the whole process. So with that being said, that let's go ahead and talk about, I guess, the importance of having your credit, making sure that it's in check for the loan and how that possibly may affect them getting pre-approved up to a certain amount or their interest rates or just whatever um, can be affected with with their credit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, credit's definitely one of the most important uh, facts that we like to check in the beginning just to make sure that they do indeed qualify um, for a standard conventional loan, you just need a 620 FICO score to qualify. Um, anything with that and above, you're, get, you're, you're in the clear. However, you know, there are some, you know, hiccups that people have, you know, bankruptcies, short sales, foreclosures, you name it. There's, there's random things that we happen, we happen to experience in life. And unfortunately, you know, they have lower FICO scores, but that's no problem. Uh, there are some unique programs out there that could go as low as 580 FICO score, right? So it helps, uh, helps these, uh, 
people that are interested in buying homes or possibly refinancing their home uh, get into the, the the perfect program for them. Now, the reason why we check FICO score, right? Just think of this way. Um, I'm going to speak in like an old term saying, back in the old days, right, when the banks were there, um, how you would build your credibility is say you want to borrow $10. And uh, you're going to tell the bank, like, hey, I'll pay you $1, uh, let's say, every week until I pay you back. Right. So that, that proves the credibility. So obviously, the higher your FICO score is, the stronger your credibility is, meaning you have car payments, student loans, whatever it is you have, but you make the payments on time, which proves that you are now trustworthy to own a home or whatever it is you're trying to purchase. OK, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for for clarifying that. And that's and guys, step one, credit is super important when it comes to obtaining a mortgage. I mean, it just it helps you qualify for certain loan options that may not be there or just get the most competitive rates. So make sure that you know you guys are just on top of it. And I know that, you know, you're not in a rush to buy a home or anything like that. But always make sure you have that in the um, in the back of your mind and to be um, ready to go for it because you know what, credit is definitely a factor when obtaining a mortgage. So yeah, with that being said, you know, Dad, could you tell us a little bit about step two, which is when getting pre-approved for a mortgage, um, quickly explain to us, you know, what's the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval, and and then if you can kind of go into exactly what should you know prospective borrowers start start preparing as they're thinking about making this um making this move to get a pre-approval versus a pre-qualification and all of that. Absolutely, absolutely, that's a great question, Alex. So the difference between a pre-qual and a pre-approval is a pre-qual you just kind of talk about. You know, how much you made this year? Let's say, for example, 2017, I made um, 80000 right? That's what the borrower was telling me, right? And then I asked them, what did you make in um, 2016? I made like 65000 right? So that's a good thing because it shows that there is an increase in their income. And it also shows a two-year employment history that we're looking for. So on a lender's side, right, we, we like to see your personal information, right, such as like, your Social Security number, um, maybe you're a citizen, uh, past two years taxes, W-2s if you're employed by an employer. If you're self-employed, we like to see all business taxes, um, S-Corps, K-1s, depending on what it is. Every scenario is different. But we like to take a look at that, right, and make sure that everything is in line so we can maximize your purchasing power or if you're trying to leverage your equity and refinancing, that'll be the other solution as well, too. Okay, but, awesome. Sorry about that. Um, and then with that, that that's just the prequel, right? We're just really talking about how much you made this year and how much you make um, in a month um, it's just it's just uh, numbers that you're just throwing up, and that way I kind of have a general idea, and I, I use a system uh, that I have um, to generate uh, what I think might be within your price range, but that, that isn't for sure certain until we do the pre-approval. Now, the pre-approval, we take a look at your taxes, right? We actually have the documents in front of you, uh, if you're employed, W-2s, uh, and then last 30-day pay stubs along with uh, two months assets, which is your bank statements. With that, I'll have a very close exact figures on how much you can qualify for, and then you'll get this letter from either myself or whichever other lender or bank that you decide to work with, and now you're ready to go and shop and identify a property, which is where Alex, um, you know, a, a realtor like himself, comes to the picture to, to assist. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for explaining that. And, and also for all my listeners, also keep in mind when we're thinking about getting pre-approved for a mortgage, we're not just factoring in the mortgage part. We have to also consider if, does the community have Melarus? You know, if so, how long um, are these Melarus items there for? What's the maturity date on them? In addition to all of that, everyone, we have to make sure we see, okay, is there HOAs? 
Um, is there how long, how much HOAs? What does it cover? Because those payments will be will factor into your overall monthly payment in addition to that. So when it comes time yeah. for the pre-approval process, the way that it will work is, you know, I'll go ahead and run some rough numbers based off the purchase price and with whoever. Um, you choose to be your lender and that sort of that sort of thing. But when it comes down to it too, we're also going to factor in the HOAs and the Melarus because at the end of the day, remember it's about your monthly payment. And as a team, whether it's dad and myself, or dad or myself and another lender, or dad with another realtor, that's how it works. We're going to go ahead and tackle this on as a team to see: is there HOAs? Is there Melarus? What type of monthly mortgage payments do we have? What are your incomes, your debts, all of that? And then we'll figure it. We'll figure out how we can best meet your family's goals. So, hey, yeah. Uh, actually, do you mind, do you, you mind my step in? Yeah, so yeah that's, absolutely. That's good. A really, good, uh, really good subject you brought up. You know, the HOA and the Melarus. Um, you mind clarifying to uh, you know the people listening um what what is what exactly is Melarus and what does HOA stand for? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, the HOA stands for Homeowners Association, and and for Mel- so what that is, I'll start with that actually before I go too um, all over the place. But with mm-hmm. homeowners associations, what that is is as we go around a community, right? And typically you see it in like complexes. Is you'll see that a lot of the houses are pretty well upkept, right? You see gardeners in the um, outside on the exterior. We have. Um, common parks, the streets are clean. The the homeowners association practically takes care of a lot of those common areas, so it keeps it keeps all of it um upkept, and that and that costs a certain nominal fee depending on what type of services are going to be offered um, within the community. I mean, the HOAs can get contributed towards clubhouses or pools, you name it, and it's going to vary neighborhood and community to community because of the fact that. Right. Um, everything, every com- neighborhood just has something different to offer. Like Great Park can be very different than Cypress Village, or Cypress Village can be very different than Laguna Altera. And then when it comes to Melarus, a Melarus typically is is a bond that ends up helping out the general community. So it could be like the street lighting, it can go towards the fire departments, it can go towards the um, the schools. And with every tax property bill, they have a special Melarus. Um, you have a special Melarus line item there with a number that you can call and clarify what it's allocated towards, which can all be found on. You can go on the look up OC tax assessor and find the tax bill. Look at those Melarus line by lines, which helps with the community. And then you can figure out exactly um, what is it being contributed towards and, you know, how's the money being allocated. And so that's all public data and that varies community to community as well. <coughs> correct, correct. And I just want to add, uh, you know, um, another thing on top of that. So, with the PITI, which is like your principal insurance tax and interest, um, HOAs and the Melarus is slapped on top of that as well. Perfect. So, like, for example, let's say, you know, say for example, your mortgage is uh, twenty five hundred a month, right? And let's say you live in a community that happens to have Melarus and HOA as well. And let's say HOA, you know, let's go on a, a low conservative side. Let's say it's about $100. And then Melrose, um, since it's a nice city, let's say, for example, Irvine um, will be another additional 75. will be an additional fee on top of your PITI. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for clarifying that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So that's practically a little bit about all of that. Um, now... When when it comes to choosing the right mortgage debt, you know, I, you probably came across a lot of different clients, being whether it's investors or first-time homebuyers or second. You know, I know you mentioned conventional <coughs> earlier. Um, there's FHA loans out there, and just a bunch of different loan programs. You know, when you're when you're yeah. trying to choose the right mortgage, 
and, and and a family comes to you, you know, how do you how do you go through that process? How do you navigate it? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of different banks lenders out there, right? Like, how do you know which one's the right one? And I read the statistics recently that um, uh, within your sphere of influences, you'll most likely have a friend or family member recommend you or refer you someone that they know that they did business with in the past. So that's usually how it works. Uh, with that though, you know, um, I, you know, I might not be a perfect fit for whoever I work with in, in the future, right? And that's fine. That's why there's everyone's different, right? All the personality traits is different. But I really try my best to make sure that if they're first-time home buyers, for example, I want to make sure that they understand the process, and I want to make sure that they they know that this is going to be a great experience. I don't want them to be um, in the dark, like in a dark tunnel, and they have no idea where the end of the light is. Uh, I want to make sure it's easy as possible for them. And any questions in the area concerns that they have, um, I'm only one call or text or email away. So with that, you know, um, if they trust me, they like me, they might do business with me. Awesome, yeah. So you know, guys, when you're looking to find the right mortgage and the right lender, um, you want to make sure that your lender is extremely knowledgeable. Then at the same time, you just get along with them because it's going to be um, quite quite the journey, or uh, you know, a little bit of a process when you're buying a home because it's going to be one of the biggest purchases in your career. So. You know, when you're going ahead and you're trying to find that lender, what I would always recommend is I would always say, hey, you know what, how do I feel about he or she or, you know, how are they with the responsiveness? Because, you know, I know for me from the realtor's perspective, it's so important that my lender is um, not only resourceful, but they understand the importance of being responsive. So keep that all in mind. And that was definitely a very good explanation of that. And, um, thank you, thank you. yeah. And now that I mentioned that, um, we're going to go ahead and start talking about how submitting the application works. And so if you can kind of give us an overview of that as far as, okay, we got all the documentation that we need. We got the numbers down. We found the right lender and we're ready to, you know, submit our loan application. Like we, you know, entered escrow and all that. Like how can you, can you kind of explain how that process works yeah, yeah, yeah. in a oh, nutshell? Oh, is this, uh, can you? Uh, is it a refinance or is it a purchase? You know we'll go with a purchase. Purchase. We'll say a first time home buyer we're purchasing a home, and yeah. Okay, so let's say we we pass, uh, we finally crossed that bridge, right? And they're at the point where now they're identifying a property. So the next step now, you got to find. and Say for example, you're pre-approved for six fifty purchase price. So now you go around um, Tustin, Costa Mesa, Orange, you name it, wherever you want to live, you find something within your price range. Now from there, you get to put in an offer. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't do uh, much much on the real estate side, but you have an RPA letter, I believe it's a real estate purchase agreement, that uh, the listing agent who is the, the who represents the seller and then the buyer's agent who represents the buyers, they come in and negotiate together to uh, make sure that, you know, this this house, if there is any problems or whatever, whatever it is that every scenario is different, right? Um, it's on that uh, purchase agreement so that way we can get ready to move to the next step, which is where I come to the picture. And with that, it's, uh, I feel like a, as a lender, my responsibility is, um, you know, Alex mentioned it earlier, there's a team um, involved, right? And there's a lot of parties, like escrow, for example, they're involved, title, realtors, uh, sometimes uh, appraisal, which is a third party. It's, it, there's a lot of parties involved. Right? And I feel like my uh, job is to be the quarterback, to make sure that everyone moves towards touchdown. Touchdown meaning that everyone, uh, you know, uh, did their fiduciary duty to help the first-time homebuyers get into their home. So there's a lot of uh, steps within that. You know, uh, Once I have all your taxes, your financials, right, I have to get ready to submit that to my processor. Um, and like I said, it takes a team to get to where we are. 
she helps me uh, make she helps makes my life a lot easier, right? So she helps package everything and gets ready to submit that to underwriting. Once we get the loan approval, right, that gets the the first clear, which is uh, one of the contingencies in the file. And correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. Is there is there three contingencies on there? Yes. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So the loan approval once it's approved, it's a good thing. Then after that, we gotta get appraisal. Appraisal plays a very very important part. Um, there. They come out to inspect the property, but they also want to make sure that the listing agent um, listed it at the correct price with whatever it is. If um, let's say, let's say for example, right, uh, the buying a home for six fifty, and uh, the appraisal came out and it it came out a little bit shorter. Let's say it got appraised for six twenty, it can now be renegotiated, and it could be a, a, a pro on the buying side because now that hey, it's a lot it's a lot less than what it was actually listed for. So it'll be cheaper on their side. Now, now if the if the story was flipped and the appraisal came out and they say it's actually worth seven hundred thousand, right? Uh, now, uh, what it was originally was six fifty. They can stay with that. It won't have to. They want to pay more, so it protects the 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 home buyers. Then after that passes, there's inspection, which is on the real estate side. Uh, they just want to make sure you know that the foundation or um, if there's termites in the house, all that is cleared. That that way you live in a, a livable house, not not a uh, a liability basically so once we cross all of those obstacles right it takes about one month 21 days to one month usually to uh to fund the file and get them into uh, the home then uh it's a lot of uh basically hopping over hoops obstacles and all that stuff it's very fun can't can't explain it any better than that oh yes it definitely is a process and and these and all of these are in place to make sure that all parties are practically protected, you know. Uh, many times I have home buyers come up to me and they say, hey, Alex, I want to make an offer. But what happens if the property comes in, you know, not at a, and not at a good price? Or, or what if it comes in over? I always get those questions and that's what, that's what the appraisal helps them do. And just as a gee whiz on the real estate side for everyone that's listening is if let's say we have a property that's 700,000 and it comes in at 680,000 you're like whoa it came in $20,000 under what's going to happen well it can go a few ways either the buyer can come up and pay that difference the seller can come down and meet them at 680 because it didn't appraise the listing agent can challenge the appraisal um or the buyers and sellers can make up the difference and meet halfway. And there's there's just a multitude of different ways it can be negotiated, and it's honestly different on a case by case basis. However, just know that that is that is there and set in place, and that's how um, the appraisals put it out. And and Dad, could you kind of explain to me what is underwriting exactly? You don't need to give me all the like the details that you know that's more than that you, than you have to, but just kind of explain that. That's a term that I always that, that my buyers are always asking about, and just kind of explain in a nutshell what does underwriting really mean? Like, what does it entail? Yeah, absolutely. So the underwriter plays a very very important role, uh, part in the loan process. They have to make sure that what I'm submitting in is indeed true. And indeed, uh, the borrower will be able to make their payments. And meaning that they're not, uh, let's say, for example, their income is just, you know, X amount. Uh, you know, let's, let's put a number to it. Let's say their income is only about 4000 together combined as a couple, right? And they're buying a home that is a little bit out of their price range. And realistically, you know, it'll be it'll be a little bit difficult for them to maintain that mortgage payment, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm in the business to make sure that people stay in their home, not foreclose on their property. Uh, so I want to make sure that, you know, this is the right home for them. And if 
let's say eight out of ten things that they wanted on their bucket list for the home is on there. Want to make sure that's uh, that's there for them, right? But the underwriters is uh, their, their job is to either say yes or no that this loan can work or if it can't. So that's their whole purpose in uh, the internal side of the loan. They got to make sure they review everything, make sure all the taxes are correct. Um, a lot of verifications. Uh, I'll get into a little a little depth of it, right? But uh, for taxes, you get to verify that there's a 4506 form, right? It's a transcript. It's through the IRS, and that will confirm if the borrower is indeed telling the truth on their taxes. You know, um, taxes could be changed. Um, you could change numbers around. People have done that, which is fine. And, you know, we want to make sure that it, it is exactly what they do make. And then there's other uh, forms to verify things as well, too. They just make sure that everything looks correct. And then if everything does look correct, then, they're, then off we go to, uh, to funding. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Sounds good. And then after we get to the funding, we're just that much closer until we can go ahead and close on the home. Right. So practically, mm-hmm. everyone, that's that's you know the the general timeline and, and process how the how the <coughs> process goes. So um, I guess that could you kind of just summarize all of this for us to say, hey, I walk in through you know your office doors, or I give you a call and I say, hey, Dad, I want to buy a home. Just kind of walk me through um, summarizing it to everybody. You know what we discussed and and what it's going to look like from A to Z. Got it, got it. From A to Z, right? So basically, I would take down your application. And the application we call it is a 1003 for short. Um, it's basically the uniform application residential form. Now, with that, it has all your personal information on there. Uh, just make sure that it is, uh, it is uh, valid. Then after that, I have to make sure that I have all your financials so that I, I can confirm that this is how much you make, this is how much you'll be making in the upcoming years, and this is how much you qualify for. Then once we cross that bridge, we open title and escrow. On a purchase, usually the sellers um, get to pick uh, their title and escrow company, the listing agent, basically. So whoever it is that they, they decide to work with, we make sure that we communicate um, accordingly, get the prelim, and make sure everything's uh, good to go. Then after that, I have to package everything, make sure that initial disclosures are sent out. There's a lot of uh, signing that you guys have to do in, in the home purchasing uh, process, and it's very fun. We kill a lot of trees, you know? Um, we kill a lot of trees in the process, but it's good, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we send out initial disclosures. Once that is uh, e-signed by the borrowers, we are ready to submit, right? So we, when we submit, we submit all the financials, and that goes to underwriting just to confirm. Once underwriting for us um, takes about 24 to 48 hours for the review. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, different clients that we work with, so they do the best to cater to each individual um, um, person. And then we wait for the loan approval. Now, for me, in my experience, I like to wait for the loan to be approved before we order appraisal. Now, the appraisal comes from the borrower. They have to pay it outside of closing. Uh, it's usually around $500 and it's a third party. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very good uh, investment. Like I said earlier, it, it either protects uh, the home that, that is listed at, let's say at 650 it, if it's a little, if it's a little shorter, right, you, you could uh, negotiate and try to get something um, less than six fifty. And if it goes higher, you don't have to pay, let's say, seven hundred thousand. You just stay with six fifty. Now, once the appraisal is ordered, then that comes back and that confirms everything. Um, we want to make sure that if everything looks good, we proceed from there. Then we uh, get ready to secure the rate. Now, in my honest opinion, I feel like rate is uh, really not important in in the transaction, but it is one of the biggest areas of concerns that I face 
um, doing uh, lending on my side. You know, um, one of the biggest uh, frequently asked questions is like, hey, your rate's too high. And I, I understand, you know, our, our rates um, could be high, you know, um, but we're not as competitive as like, let's say, Bank of America, Chase or Wells. But for them, they take A plus borrowers. So if you qualify through them, obviously you're going to get a better rate. But at the, at the end of the day, I feel like it's more on the execution side because uh, I believe, um, you know, 1980s rates were at like a 17%, which is um, phenomenal. I mean, back then people were still purchasing, right? But today, you know, the last time I checked rates was like a 5.125. So, yes, the Federal Reserve have been increasing rates, but it's all relative. Now, back to tying back to what I was saying, uh, we're going to secure the rate. Then after that, we send out this loan estimate. It's called, we call it the LE. It basically just confirms like, hey, this is... The interest rate that you're having, and it says no, it will not change. This is loan amount, X amount, whatever it is, and then nope, that will not change. And then this is the term, 30 years, X, that will not change. You just review it, and it just shows all the fees from title and escrow, fee for service. And then uh, just make sure you just look at look it through, and then everything looks good. You just endorse it, and then we send out closing disclosures, which is the finalized version of the loan estimate. That will be uh, sent out uh, immediately after the loan estimate is sent. So that way we get ready to CTC, which is clear to close. So once we get to CTC, it's a very good milestone, by the way. It's a very um, through that point, I'll I'll admit it. Um, a lot of the first time home buyers, you know, at that point, they're like, oh, I'm so glad I made this, you know, like to this point, like they're almost there to the touchdown, to to the touchdown, basically, right? And then we just finalize a couple more things, send docs out, have that signed, have it notarized, have it uh, have the have it uh, uh, signed by the city as well. Then it funds. Then off they go, and the realtor comes in, gives them the key, and now they just own their first home. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks for all of that. Um, yeah, I know. That was a lot. That was a lot, but uh, that's the whole process from A to Z. Yeah, wonderful. I definitely, guys, he broke it down just amazingly. There's just no other way you can break it down <laughs> even better. So that was wonderful. Um, what I wanted to ask is, as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask two questions. And okay. the what first yeah, yeah. The first question is going to be, okay, so, you know, what is one, the, the biggest, I guess, um, tip you could give someone when obtaining a mortgage? And then, like, what's the worst thing you could do while going through the process? So, like, what's the best thing you can do to make sure you're on top of it while obtaining a mortgage? And what's the worst thing you could do? <coughs> the best yeah, yeah. yeah, so let's go with the best one, right? And then, uh, personally, I think uh, the more down payment that you can save, the more loan options or more loan programs you can open up for yourself. What does that mean? Basically, let's say if you have just a bare minimum for like, uh, for example, let's say an FHA loan, the bare minimum is just 3.5% down of whatever that purchase price is. If you have that, it's, I mean, it's a bare minimum. You can still qualify, but things get a little bit more, a little bit more complex. So I always suggest that, you know, if, if you start off young, and uh, for the people who are interested in buying homes, let's say like five years from now, you know, just keep on saving just a little, little of the paychecks and that way it'll add up, right, in, in time. But the more down payment you have, the easier it is that you can qualify through other loan uh, loan options. Now, on the on the worst end scenario, right, um, if you're in the process of buying a home already, right, and, and let's say, for example, your debt to income ratio is very, very tight, meaning that Let's say you're at a 42.5% DTI, debt income. And, uh, you know, at 45%, it could kill the loan. 
and you know in that process of buying a home you just happen to decide that you want to let's say lease a car or buy something new on your on your credit cards now when that happens depending on the scenario right we we either have to rush it and make sure that we're able to fund that loan before that liability is hit because if it hits right and that debt to income ratio goes over unfortunately we won't be able to to uh, help fund the loan because you know everything has to make sense common sense under the day otherwise we won't be able to uh, help assist you with that and I, i have i've encountered that in the past and it's it's uh you know simple things like that i'm just i'm always asking like why why couldn't you just wait until after you get into home and then, you know, lease a car, buy a car, whatever it is that you don't want to buy. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you for those for those two um, insightful answers. Um, now, everyone, that practically, you know, wraps wraps it up a little bit. But, um, you know, I just want to kind of, kind of summarize what that talked about, what we talked about. And then I'm going to give that a moment to tell, you know, a little bit about himself again, just, you know, the recap of who he was and, you know, where you could best contact him. And just in case you guys miss anything, don't worry, I'm going to include it in the notes. But... Um, yeah, guys, we went over the whole loan process. We went over it in step by step, and then we went over it in a big A to Z recap. We talked about some frequently asked questions and some other, you know, common common um, mistakes and practices and um, successful things that has occurred. I mean, has um, encountered in his career. And then we also talked about how you know some stuff from the realtor end goes hand in hand with. The lender end and how we work together as a team and and how that all works out because a lot of times people think it's just one one whole um, one role does it all but in fact it's a whole team and there's a lot of different moving pieces as you guys can totally tell so before I pass it off to Dad I just want to say thank you so much for you know coming on today and educating a lot of people I know Dad works with um, he's he's helped out one of my first time home buyers before and he works with investors he works with a lot of just a large variety of, of clientele so whatever it is i know that will definitely take good care of you and um thank you, thank yeah you, so you. with that being said i'm going to pass it on to dad and just go ahead and you know um tell us again a little bit about yourself where to best contact you and just whatever final remarks you want to tell the, the audience today absolutely, absolutely. yeah absolutely so you know i i fairly believe that home ownership you know helps stimulate the economy and also promote communities right so with that i'm very confident to say that with the unique programs that I have here at my company at Accelerate Capital, we're able to pretty much do almost anything. And, you know, what I mean by anything is like, if you go to the big banks, for example, they're, they're very limited on what they can do. They only help with like the A plus borrowers. Um, what we work with is like B, C, and sometimes D borrowers. Think of that as a letter grade. So if you're having difficulty or having, um, you know, um, doubts that you can't really get it, get into a home, I wouldn't be concerned. Um, reach out to someone like me or uh, someone else. Uh, with, you know, I know Accelerate Capital does it, but I don't know any other companies who do it, but we call it non-QM. Basically, it's non-qualified mortgages, right? Uh, basically, these, these are people that should be able to qualify for homes, but they can't qualify through traditional or conventional guidelines. And, uh, you know, some of the programs, I'm just, I'm just gonna name one out real quick, but uh, uh, for if you're, if you're self-employed, right, or a business owner, as you can imagine, you know, uh, on taxes, you probably don't claim a lot just because you get that visit from that one uncle every year. I think his name is Uncle Sam. And, you know, he always <laughs> takes a lot of money from you, right? So, so on, on papers, you know, you don't claim a lot of money. But let's say, uh, let's say, for example, you have a, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting over a cold. Um, let's say, for example, you're, you're, uh, you have a business account, like a business, uh, bank account or, um, personal bank account and you deposit yourself. 
uh, money from your, your your corporation or LLC, whatever it is, right? Uh, we could use those deposits and we'll average it out to maximize your purchasing power. Or if you want to leverage equity and refinance, we can do that as well. Um, it's the second best option, you know, because um, over any day, full doc, full documentation is the best way to get the best rate. But if you're looking for that option, uh, rates can be just about one point higher. So from 5.125%, you're looking anywhere between six to high sevens. But on the flip side, as, as a self-employed borrower, you can write that off the interest rate at the end of the year. So you get your money back. So it's a good, it's a good, um, unique program that not, not many people are familiar with. And, uh, it always catches them by surprise. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something useful, uh, for some of the unique borrowers that we encounter in the, in the industry. You know, um, you never know who, who might be able to help out with. Awesome. But, uh, you know, if you have any, you have any questions at all or anything, you know, I'm just one call, text, email away. Um, you know, my number is 949-214-5382. Again, 949-214-5382. And then uh, I'm, I'm sure Alex going to through my email as well. Uh, if I don't if I don't respond back, just give me within like an hour or so, uh, and I'll get back to you immediately. So that way I can uh, best cater and best understand the situation that you guys are all facing. Yeah, awesome. And I know you're quite active on social media, so I guess I have two more questions for you. Is if you can tell all the audiences is one, um, mm-hmm. you know about where they can find you on social media to see your content, and then number two. Um, I, I know you guys do a, f- a lot of fun, cool videos like Dance with the Realtor and Winning Wednesdays. Just kind of so one, tell our audience where they can best find you, and then two, you know, to our to our realtor audience, let them know like, yeah. hey, you know, what is it that you guys are doing to help out these um, realtors with their marketing and everything? I just I, I thought it was so interesting. I, that's definitely worth noting. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So I think this next generation that's going to be coming in, um, the millennials, they're now getting old enough to to want to own homes. And I believe the oldest age group, <laughs> excuse me, the oldest age group is around 36 to 37 years old. And, uh, you know, majority of them are on social media. And what I mean on social media is like it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Uh, they're always on there. And, uh, it, you know, it, it caught my attention to like leverage that, you know, like, cause these, these are, um, these are free advertisement that we can do on there, right? And, uh, you know, we do some unique videos. You definitely, as, as our company, we definitely have unique programs, so we like to think outside the box, right? So with with the social media stuff that we have, uh, you can follow me at Instagram on that loan officer. So my name is Dat, so it's D A T Loan Officer. So L O A N O F F I C E R. That's my Instagram, and then uh, my Facebook is my personal one. Uh, I'll add a link. It's uh, I don't remember the link to my Facebook, but it's my personal one, but I mix it with my business as well. So that way, um, it's you get to see me personally on, on a day-to-day basis, and uh, sometimes you know some of the, some of the fun stuff I do here at, at work for um, the clients and referral partners that we work with. Okay, awesome, awesome, sounds good. So everyone, I mean, we we went over the loan process that you know brought on a lot of great information, and I'm gonna be sure to go ahead and leave his information below. So whether you're you know a prospective borrower and you just have questions or you're in the act or you're actively in the market to get a mortgage, or you are um, or you are a realtor and you're looking to just kind of network to see, hey, you want you want this this good vibes um, in your network and you want this this innovative type of marketing in your network and just you know to link up and network, I'm gonna be sure to include his information below so all of you guys could reference that. And, you know, that's just that really wraps everything up. So, um, again, I want to say thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I hope this 
serves you all well. So whether you're walking the dog, you're going out to open houses now, and you're just deciding, okay, so what's next? You know, what are you, you going to do next? Or how's the mortgage process going to work? I hope this gives value to you all. And then, again, thank you so much, Dad, for coming on out and recording this with hey, me man. today. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you, thank you, man. Let, let me know if you need anything else on your side, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, you definitely have to invite me out to one of those mixers event, and I can't wait to come to your grand open event for the You already office. know. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, with that being said, you have a great evening, brother. And everyone, awesome, thank man. you so much for listening. Um, I hope to see you guys again soon. If you have any questions that weren't covered in this podcast, our information will be down below in the notes. Just go ahead and contact us, and we will go ahead and um, give you any answers. So with that being said, you guys all have a great one. See you later, Dad. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to my Living Irvine Real Estate Podcast. And if you happen to enjoy it, I definitely would love to hear your feedback, and it would mean the world to me. I mean the world. If you could leave a five-star review and possibly even share with your friends. So with that being said, thank you again, and I hope to see you next time.